You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. You know, I hear the camera adds 10 pounds. Looks like you've eaten five cameras. Back on The Pipeline Show for a uh, WHL segment. And, of course, that means it's a, another In the Dub segment brought to you by dubnetwork.ca. Step, stay up to date on everything happening around the Western Hockey League by visiting dubnetwork.ca. You can uh, subscribe to the uh, Daily Dose of the Dub. gets emailed right to your inbox. You don't even have to search for it. Couldn't be any easier than that. Always a pleasure when I get to speak with my next guest, Bill Wilms, the uh, color analyst for the Vancouver Giants. Welcome back to the program, Bill. How are you? I'm uh, good. Thanks for having me. In fact, I'm quite good, but uh, outside is not very nice. Yeah. Um, doesn't happen very often, but we got hammered right now with probably about six to eight inches of snow where I live. So, uh, you know, Guy, for me, the, the criteria on, uh, on snow and whether to shovel <laughs> is, uh, is, is, you know, we need rain. And my criteria is golf courses. <laughs> I drive by a golf course, like my club, and if the flags are in the hole, which they usually keep them in the hole with all the snow on the ground, that means the superintendent knows there's probably rain coming pretty quick. Um, because it melts that fast. But if the flags are out of the holes, uh, I know we're in for quite a long spell of snow. I haven't checked, but I plan on this afternoon. Man, spoken like a Vancouverite uh, when it comes to snow, <laughs> that's for sure. Golf courses. We are, we're not even thinking of golf courses right now in my neck of the woods for at least another three months. Uh, you got the snow, we've got the cold. It is, uh, yeah, rather chilly here. Um, the only thing colder than the weather here is uh, my preseason predictions. Uh, how's that for a segue? <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> when, we, uh, when I'm talking about the Vancouver Giants and the Victoria Royals, uh, listen, I had the Giants. I said I think they might still be the best team in the division. They got so much returning uh, experience now that they can build on from last year's run, especially they get Bowen Byram back. And I looked at the Royals. I didn't see a whole lot there. And it's completely the opposite. Right now, the Victoria uh-huh. Royals are on a bit of a roll and are second in the division. And some, for some reason, the Giants are, you know, in the first wild card spot right now in the BC division, fourth, uh, just in the, uh, in BC. How did I get this so wrong, Bill? Or is everybody surprised? Yeah. No, Guy, that's, uh, that, that's a very fair, um, expectation, if you will. You know, you go back to game seven. Of overtime in Prince Albert, uh, Vancouver started the season with 12 of those players that were in that game uh, in the lineup uh, for Vancouver, uh, which which is, you know, which is terrific. Uh, Nielsen, Roman, sort of uh, Valenti, the Euro, Patrician, Svekoski, and then and then on top of that, all the returning defensemen. You got five of six ret- defense returning. Um, you know, so when you're looking at that, plus the two goaltenders and the only team in the Canadian hockey league that has both goalies, NHL draft picks. So, you know, you've got six pretty good forwards returning. You've got, uh, your defense pretty much intact, let alone you got the best defenseman probably in the Canadian hockey league in Bowen Byram. Um, and, uh, you know, it, uh, it looked promising. It, it really, it really did. How could it not be? Right. But you know, the 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 added forwards that you had to add to that mix that I talked about coming back um, were inexperienced. They weren't necessarily really young. They were as much inexperienced as they were young. And 
there was some optimistic, you know, really a lot of optimism there, if you will. But, you know, what happened, Guy, within probably four months, maybe three and a half months of that game seven and the season starting, and you get into the season, you realize, you know, hey, Dawson Holt, Owen Hardy, Jared Dimitru, one line, Mm -hmm. not there. Uh, Braden Watts, Davis Kosh, Jaden Joseph, another line, not there. Now, obviously, they aged out, and decisions had to be made about 20-year-olds. The long and the short of that is that all six of them aren't in that lineup. And, that you know, when you go back to the Holt-Hardy-Dimitri line, I just want to say this. They were a plus 35 in the playoffs. Mm. That was a line that was heavy. That was a line that did so much for Vancouver. And uh, all of a sudden you realize, well, wait a minute, you know, three and a half months later, Vancouver's missing some pretty good, some pretty good players that were very, very important to this hockey club. And the inexperienced forwards that I just talked about, you know, they just couldn't pick up the, couldn't pick up the slack. They couldn't take the next step. So Vancouver essentially, you know, became a, maybe a one line, maybe a two line top six forwards. And, uh, you know, and that all of a sudden you got a team where the coaching staff and management and ownership is all of a sudden saying, Hey, we're in the middle of the pack. We're not supposed to be there. Yeah. And those young forwards you're talking about coming in, guys like Zach, a uh, uh, Chuck. I mean, he's young. He's very young. He's going to be good, but he's young and Cruz Plummer even younger. Um, so, or maybe not younger, but, um, equally inexperienced and expectations are there'll be solid WHL, but I guess we got to be patient. Yeah, you know, Evan Patrician, another one. Uh, he was one of the guys that, that, you know, played in that playoff series. And, um, you know, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I still think they're going to be good players. But, again, uh, as I said, you know, missing the six key forwards like that was, you know, kind of took its toll on, on, this, uh, on this team. And all of a sudden, like I said, you find yourself in the middle of pack. But, you know, and and then on top of that, when you take a look at, let's call it the bottom six, you know, the stress that was put on them because we can't, I don't, I don't think you can win on this, in this league with, with, with two lines. Yeah. I've seen teams, you know, as long as I've been in this league, they, they can win with two lines, but boy, that doesn't happen very often. You have to have, you know, at least a third line. Then your fourth line has to be very, very important to your hockey club. And so there was some stress on those young guys in Vancouver here at, early in the season of playing, you know, maybe playing higher in the lineup, you know, than, than maybe that they should. And consequently, you know, they, they've addressed that. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, Barkley Pernet has done a nice job of, of getting two forwards that slot into the top six immediately. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Prezuso, a 20 year old from medicine hat. And just recently at the deadline, Eric floor checked the 19 year old from Saskatoon. Those, those two guys immediately, slot into the top six. Now I wondered and wondered at trade deadline, whether there was going to be one more trade coming where you get one more guy into that top six. Now that bounces guys down a little bit and they start playing at a spot, um, you know, where they, where they probably are a little bit more comfortable. And then, you know, Guy obviously probably as big a factor, you know, the inexperience that we're just talking about is a power play for Vancouver. That's just been, I mean, would you, would anybody, have thought that a power play with Bowen Byram on it is going to be 22 out of 22 teams. Yeah, no, no chance of that. 
that's for sure. Yeah, I'm not putting the blame on him, but right. his, that, that that's essentially, I mean, quite the contrary. I mean, how can you put any blame on him? But that that's that's what's happened here. So we don't know what trades were close to being consummated and just fell through or just ran out of time, uh, but Eric Florchuk is the, the deadline addition for Vancouver. Uh, do you think maybe they, they just look at the standings and say, all right, maybe we're not contending for top spot in the division. Let's just ride it out, add a piece, uh, and maybe get a, uh, a little veteran help, but uh, don't go all in this year? Well, that's a, that's a great question, and that's a dilemma that that Vancouver faced. Um, at you know even at and are facing at at this point, um, they made the moves. Um, you know, I mean, they would they play thirteen games, I think, or ten games, ten games with Abu and Byram, so he's now back. They score twenty goals without him in the lineup. Hmm. Okay, you know that's two, you know two goal two goals a game, and and you know and this is like adding a you know another player. Maybe at a trade de- deadline, you might want to say a blockbuster. I-, I mean, for Vancouver, everything, you know, is starting now, as it is for most teams. Okay, the, they start at, after the trade deadline. Um, you know, I've always said that the parts of the season start with the preseason. You know, then the regular season. You know, and then after the trade deadline, and then playoffs, and then Memorial Cup if you get there. And and I think scouts. Um, you know, kind of look at it pretty much the same way that those, you know, those are the impact parts of the season that you're looking at. But get back to this power play for a minute, you know, uh, 22 out of 22. Now they did get two power play goals the other night and, and Florchuk was in, in, in on both of them. Here's the situation. Last year on Vancouver's power play, Davis Kosh had 26 power play assists. Now, I don't care how good your blue line is on the power play. And it's dynamite with Bowen Byram on that spot. And it was very good with Dylan Plouffe there, too. Uh, ultimately, you have to have a forward. And this is my opinion. You have to have a forward on that power play down low that can make that sneaky uh, no-look, somehow pass it, finds a guy wide open to finish, right. or at least finds a guy open to get that great chance. Um, Davis Kosh, 26 power play assists. Eric Florchuk now has seven power play assists, and he leads Vancouver Giant forwards in that category. So he, the next closest guy's got five. Mm. Now, they've got finishers. You know, you, you've got Nielsen, who's having a heck of a year. You've got Roman. Roman had 17 power play goals last year. He has two. Um, and you got sort of, uh, there's no lack of finishers. If, if they can get this power play working, you know, they probably, I'm going to say they could have added probably five or six more wins, you know, with any kind of a power play. Yeah. So, you know, it's a huge positive moving forward in that category too. And, and they've got structure. This is a team, Michael Dick, you know, they, they uh, they're tough to play against many nights. Their goals against is fifth in the Western Hockey League. They got they they got some offense now that maybe it can make a difference. Bill Wilms is my guest. We're talking WHL specifically the BC division. Now Vancouver, maybe I expected too much from, and I didn't expect near enough, I guess, from the Victoria Royals. What a year uh, they've had to this point, and then they go and make the biggest deadline deal to get Braden Tracy. Um, are you surprised with the with the success the Royals have had to this point this year? 
yeah, no, I, I got to be honest. I, I am. Um, and I see Victoria probably more as much as any team, you know, broadcast wise, because they're in our division right? and we play them, I think 10 times. So I get to see them a lot, but Cam Hope, the general manager, I, his philosophy has always been to replace rather than rebuild. And if you take the last two seasons, you know, as well as anybody, uh, there's no more Matt Phillips or Tyler Soy, Dante Hanoon, Noah Greger, Tanner Kaspik, Scott Walford, Griffin Outhouse. But you come in with Gary Hayden, Will Warren, Shane Farkas, you know, now Braden Tracy, and you say, wait a minute, how did a team, you know, that, you know, that was, what were they, 18th in, in, in uh, goals for a couple years ago to second in goals against? Now it's it's the opposite. You know, they're they're much better. They're in the top two or three goals for or goals against, and, you know, they're not that high goals scoring. And I took a look at these guys that they've acquired in the last couple of years that I've talked about. They've played 900-plus games with other teams. Mm. So Cam Hope is saying, you know what, I'll replace. You know, we, uh, you know, we'll just simply get other guys in here that, you know, can, can uh, you know, they can help our hockey club. But, gee, they're very, very hard to play against. They, they've got a tremendous structure on that hockey club. In fact, let me tell you, seven, currently, seven of their last nine games that they've played, okay, seven of the nine, they've given, one, given up one goal against or less. They've given up one goal five times, and they've, they've shut out the team twice. Yeah. And I think Cam Hope has looked and said, you know what? This team is committed. This team has got structure. If we add a piece or two, you know, we can give them a little bit more offense. And uh, and Tracy has been obviously that guy. And what did he score in overtime his first game he played, yeah. I think? Yeah, first or second game. Yeah, and really, I mean, they don't give up a lot of goals, only 100 goals against this year. I think only Portland is uh, allowed fewer. But they don't score there much. You go. They don't score much, though. I mean, even Tri-City, who is on the outside of the playoff picture right now, have scored more than Victoria, uh, and Victoria's second in the BC division. Um, so they're not, uh, they're not giving away anything, but they needed to add a score and they did with, uh, with Braden Tracy. So, uh, Victoria looking, looking pretty good right now. Well, Guy, that, that transformation that you're just talking about, you know, from, a, I don't want to say they were ever really run and gun, but I'll tell you what, they were very, very highly offensive. Yes. I used to say there was no team in the league that was more unselfish around the opposing net than a Matt Phillips or a Tyler Soy or a Dante Hanoon, you know, they just came at you, snuck in at different different parts around the net, and they were very, very unselfish, and they passed that puck. So that transformation from, from what you're saying to where they are now, you, you got to give Dan Price an awful lot of credit. The third season that he's in the league, uh, he's lost in round two both of his last two years, which isn't bad. And it's it's part of my own theory. I always three things, and it's the same in the NHL. You got to draft well, you got to develop well, you got to trade well. And I, I think Victoria has done that exceptionally well. And uh, to your point earlier, I didn't. Did you see? I didn't see that coming. Nope. I didn't see that transformation taking place. And then that you you add Tracy, and you've got Shane Parkes, who's just having a super. Tremendous year in goal for that hockey club, and 
I think everybody would have said, no, I don't think Victoria is that high in the mix this year, and they surprised everybody so far. So far. Now, the top team in the division are the Kamloops Blazers, and uh, I think everybody did expect that they would be very good this year, and they've uh, maybe even exceeded those what were already lofty expectations. This is a, uh, a mighty fine team, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, you know, and it all started with momentum that they picked up at the end of last season. I think it was the last five games in a row that they won that got them into the playoff tiebreaker. So that's some serious momentum to, to get into the tiebreaker. And then they, 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 they win that tiebreaker five, one against Kelowna. And the, a lot of people don't put a, a lot of uh, value on preseason. I did with Kamloops. I wondered how that those last five games and then the tiebreaker win, how would they go into the season with a new coach, John Clouston? Well, their preseason, they went 7-0. and So now you've got that momentum from, you know, continuing to build up. Mm-hmm. And I think a couple of those preseason games, they were like crazy good. I mean, the 60-year-old Stan Colvin kid got like six games. I think he, he got 15 or something points. And then they carried that right over into the regular season. And, and to your point, look look where they are now. I mean, the top line in the Canadian Hockey League, Zary, Santazzo, and Franklin, I think they got 180 points. Mm-hmm. There's no team and no uh, line in the in the CHL that, that I know. I, I know there isn't anybody that's got the 20 goal scores at this point that, that Kamloops has. And, you know... They add another Z to the lineup, Lieber Zabransky, and I don't know if there's any team got more Zs on the players' <laughs> names than this guy, but that's a great pick. And you put him with Max Martin and, you know, add him together with what they have. And, and then the goaltending, you know, Grand's been pretty good for them. Uh, they've been very – and and you know what? They have got Vancouver, – Vancouver's, you know, been – they played Vancouver well, and they played Cam or Kelowna exceptionally well. And that's been a real another momentum booster for the Kamloops Blazers. But yeah, they they are where they are, and and rightfully so. I I would have to say they would have been my pick for first place preseason pick in the BC division. Well, I had them right there with Vancouver, but I think I had the Giants ahead of them. But uh, I look foolish. I look foolish now, and not for the uh, last time, I'm sure. You mentioned uh, Kelowna. Let's go to the Rockets. They are hosting the Memorial Cup this year. So many expectations of what they were going to transform that roster, uh, what it would look like uh, from the start of the season by the time the deadline had come and gone. And, yes, they absolutely made a lot of moves this year. In your opinion, Bill, you've been uh, around the CHL for a very long time. Is this a Memorial Cup contending team? Well, that's the million-dollar question right now. Um, you know, their, their goal differential, 21 wins, seven, 21, 17 is what they are in the season. I mean, that's only four games really over 500. They've lost three times in, in overtime, you know, in, in the shootout in, in OT, uh, you know, their goals against is fourth in the BC division. And, and, and that's for me concerning. I like the moves, um, that they made. I really do. I, I had an opportunity to talk to Bruce Hamilton when we were in there one time. And I said, you know what? I, I, I think he's done a wonderful job in the, in the talent that he, he, he uh, he's acquired by a trade. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, good, maybe even great players, but how they fit into the system is always a question mark. 
you know, and I don't say that disparagingly, you, you can be good players, but are you good teammates? And when I say teammates, I don't mean to your partner. I mean, are you good in, in the system? Right. And for me, there's always some key guys out of the lineup for Kelowna. Comrie, you know, he's hurt. Novak, you know, great rookie from, from Europe. Eight-game suspension. Nolan Foote at the World Junior. You know, I think Matthew Wedman took a couple of weeks before he, he, he came to Kelowna. I mean, there's always something there that isn't, you know, that just doesn't yet feel completely right. And, and their yeah. goaltending, I mean, back-to-back games, they had to go to the bullpen. In back-to-back games, Bajram for Schwebius. And the, and the next game was the other way around. You got to solidify that, you know, definitely. And here's the thing that's a, a red flag for me. But again, everything is different moving forward from the trade deadline. Right now, Kelowna Rockets, get this, are in a 15 game stretch where they have one regulation win. Wow. Now they're getting they're getting something in overtime. They're getting something in shootouts. I don't know. I, I I'm sure it's going to turn around a little bit for them. It has to. And obviously, I mean, God forbid that uh, there's in any way, shape, or form it, they go into any kind of a tailspin where they miss the playoffs. I, I would highly, highly doubt that would happen. But that's job number one is to make sure you get in the playoffs and you know get some more momentum, you know, going through that. How do you like the Rockets? Well, I, I don't get to see them as nearly as much as you do, and and we'll see what uh, the difference makes uh, with getting Kyle Topping back. I think he's supposed to be back fairly soon, but. You know, Dylan Hamlock, I expected more from, and, and and again, I can't critique him because I I don't get to see the Rockets play all that much. But I think he had a three or four point night on opening night, and he's only got 18 points now uh, uh, for the rest of the season here. Um, so I'm a bit surprised that that trade hasn't produced at least more uh, offensively from him. I mean, Jake Lee is outscoring uh, Dylan Hamlock, and he's the defenseman. So you know, I I really uh, like what you said about you know a lot of players, but it's how they come together to make a team. And I guess I'm still waiting for Kelowna to, to click on all, you know, get all cylinders firing at the same time. Well, and, and, you know, I, I do think that, uh, and, and by the way, you know, Adam foot coach says that he, he think he loves the culture in the room. He says, these guys really like each other. This, he says, it's a good group. He's very, very confident ab- ab- about, uh, about his, his group moving forward. And, I mean, they, you know, they've been there. They've hosted the Memorial Cup, and, and they've been to the Memorial Cup. But I, I think they know, uh, you know, you go back to, you know, I, I mean, I was fortunate enough to even cover that series when Dreisaitl joined, right. um, you know, the, the Kelowna Rockets. And was it Reed Gardner from, you know, Bruce Hamilton got him out of pro hockey, the American hockey. Team. Right. You know, and ultimately it, it, it has to come together. And so there is some experience of, of of doing that and you know even the the last pickup you know i don't know were you surprised they didn't do a little more at the trade deadline i mean they picked up patera is it patera yeah Peterick. yeah from, out of calgary. From, from out of calgary now that basically to me said we you know they've closed the door on uh lassie thompson returning from finland well sure and, you know, I think they really hoped that after the World Junior that it, they would get him back. And, you know, that would have been a big, big help to them. So uh, did you think they, you know, were you thinking they might make more of a, a move at the deadline? Well, I thought they might do something in net. And, you know, they got Connor McDonald from Edmonton 
to add offense from the blue line, and I think he's fit in there. And they got Matthew perfect. Wed- he they, has. They got Matthew Wedman from Seattle, so they added another impact offensive uh, weapon up front. I I wondered if they would do something in net. Uh, and again, I don't I don't see the Rockets near enough to know. But with uh, Bazarin and, and uh, Schwebius, uh, I I don't know if there's a weakness there or if it was you know just a lot of injuries to the team that they were struggling. But I didn't know from the uh, the outside looking in if this was a tandem that could win them a Memorial Cup. Yeah, yeah, well said. Because that that I think, and I've said this on our broadcast too. I said I don't know if there's any position that's been under more scrutiny for the first up until the trade deadline than uh, Roman Basrine in goal. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I mean, you take a look at uh, you know is is say I'm a big save percentage. So guy. I. Yeah. I, I you too? Yep, so am I. And, and 9.15 isn't bad. Yeah, exactly. It, it's exactly right. And and that's why I thought, you know, they probably didn't address particularly concern. Although you take a look at their team goaltending is 9.04. And, you know, I, I think that teams that, you know, when you, when you take a look at teams like Prince Albert and, you know, teams that have come out of the Western Hockey League, generally, you know, when you're taking a look at team goaltending, especially in 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 the playoffs, it's it you know it it's it's got to be a you know a little bit higher. I mean, Ian Scott was so good for Prince Albert in the playoffs, and you know you've got to deliver that. You 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 got to be up around that nine, close to nine two or into you know nine two zero save percentage. And you know is is uh you know is is Bajran the Bajran the guy? I you know they that's who they're going with. Yeah, well, and to your point, I mean, Shane Farkas is a 932 right now in Victoria and Tendex a 921 in Vancouver, and that's with a, a team that's kind of underachieved maybe, uh, with the, mm-hmm. with the Giants. And, and, uh, Dylan Garand is, is a, or a 920 as well. Um, so, yeah. So even the, the other goalies in the division have been, uh, better than, uh, than Bazarin. And you, know, you, you need goaltending in the playoffs for sure. Well, yeah, you, you, you do. And, and, uh, you know, there's, it's always surprising to me how there's been teams in the past that have gone, you know, been fortunate and had a, you know, I think Don Hay years ago in, in Camels even had a 16-year-old goaltender going in the playoffs, and, and, and they went with it. Uh, 17 is still rather exceptional. I mean, it, at this stage, most of the teams won a 19 or certainly a 20-year-old goaltender with some experience. So, But, you know, the whole team will really be, Kelowna Rockets will be under the microscope moving, you know, forward. I, I, I just, I'm a big guy on identity. You know, I, I'm a, I really believe that a team coming into your building, especially, or when they're playing you for that matter, even on the road, they've got to be concerned about something. You know, if, if, if you don't have an identity that the other team says, well, wait a minute, this is who they are. It, it's a little tougher to win. You can run and gun and out score some, some teams and so on and so forth. So it, it's a little tougher. Like, you know, with Bo and Byram went back to Vancouver for a minute. I mean, he is, a, he's often the face of this hockey club, certainly from the back end and the way he drives it. And, and I've heard there's been some, some teams that have done a video pack scouting Vancouver just on Byram alone. Um, you know, what does he do in his own zone? What does he do between the blue lines? And what does he do in the other team's zone? And, you know, other teams are tough and other teams are physical. And I mean, you got to have an identity. And I'm not 100% sure yet what it is with the Kelowna Rockets. It, um, it it hasn't jumped out at me. And the numbers at this point, you know, whether it's goals against, goals for, 
power play stats, those numbers just don't do anything for me to suggest that there's a lot there that you, you want to, you, you got to be a, very prepared for, yeah. but you know, I, I hope for their sake and I hope for the, you know, for the Western hockey league sake that it does all come together. I won't be surprised if it does. There's, there's a lot, a lot of talent on that hockey. Uh, maybe we'll end it with the Prince George Cougars and it might not take very long because there's not a lot to talk about there. And, and I remember uh, speaking with uh, Mark Lamb at the start of the year and, I mean, he wasn't even trying to sugarcoat it. He, I think he knew it was going to be a long season. And, yeah, they are in last place uh, here in the uh, the Western Conference. And when you talk about identity, what is the identity of the Cougars moving forward? They're, they're hard, again, if, if nothing else, be very hard to play against. You know, uh, be, be a team that, you know, if, if they're close after 40 minutes, that you can possibly uh, that they can possibly sneak a win out of you. You know they can. It's like in basketball. You know as long as they stick around and stick around, they'll kill you with a three pointer at the end of the game. And and the Cougars, you cannot you cannot take them for granted. I <laughs> I'll give you a, to make my point. Uh, I I have a, an intern that works with us on our radio broadcast, and I have him do some stats for me. And and you know what they're not. They're not really that familiar with the league, and nor should they be. They don't see it enough. But right. the Cougars were in Vancouver, and I said, you know what? I need I need something here for – I forget what I wanted to ask him. It was something about their offense, you know, the Cougars' offense. Give me shots on goal or scoring chances. From where are their scoring chances happening in the Vancouver Giants zone? And he says, oh, come on. And Prince George, they're going to be no problem. They won't get many. I says, hey, wait a minute. You know, I've been in this thing a long time. Anyway, long and short, Cougars won that game three nothing, hmm. and uh, you know I it, it is a team you got to prepare for. But you know once you get past Josh Mazur, you know he's he leads that team. I thought for sure if I had to put money on it that Cole Moberg was probably as a defenseman going to be moved. I thought he would be a super good piece. You know you know for somebody as a, as a nineteen year old to to add something on the back end, but no, yeah, no changes made, but woefully weak scoring wise. And, you know, they don't get it much. I mean, once you get past Mazer, I don't know if there's any other forward. You got to be very much concerned about with offense. Actually, I just looked at it here right now. You go from Mazer at 18 goals, the next highest scoring forward has got six. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, figure it out. What, uh, what do you have to do? But they're, they're, they'll play you hard. They'll be a tough out many nights. You'll get them out, but it'll be hard. Well, Bill, uh, with a couple of months left to go in the regular season, I guess jockeying for position for the most part in the BC division. Uh, maybe lastly, real quick with uh, the the U.S. division, what you've seen. I mean, are is I, again Portland? It's a team that it's exceeding my expectations, but uh, they're having a pretty strong season. Do you see any of the U.S. teams catching them? No, no, I don't. I I, I think the the team to watch, obviously, right now in in. I, I think I was told at one point a while back they are now the youngest team in the Western Hockey League is Seattle Thunderbirds. Um, you know, they're 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 making a strong push. In fact, you know they I don't know what they've won in their last ten or twelve games, but it seems like every time I check scores, Seattle Thunderbirds are getting some kind of a point yeah. of some sort of you know, out of out of a game. Uh, Tri City's going the other way with uh, you know with the Cougars probably out of it at this point. So um, I think Seattle is a is is a pretty good you know a pretty good uh, story right now in in what they're doing. But you know the the U.S. division 
hey, Tri-City has been sellers. They're, you know, they're not. What I guess I'm trying to say is that any team, and I've learned this more than anything, there is no free wins Mm -hmm. in the Western Hockey League. There just isn't. And you, you just don't go into a game thinking, you know what, here's an easy two points. It'll come back to bite you for sure. What it, I mean, take a look at Everett. Haven't they lost the last two games and lost them pretty big? Yeah. I mean, they've, they've, you know, they've given up, I think, 11 goals in the last two games. Yeah, they added at the deadline. You expected that uh, that offense was going to propel them uh, even more forward. But, uh, you know, another big injury for them with Jenny uh, uh, Fairbrother out now. Yeah. Yeah, and and they're they're two defensemen. I, I mean, last thing, real quick. When whenever I watch Everett and or or playing Everett, um, I I take a look at two guys that that last year had this had the they, they had the most shots on goal in the league for def, for for any defenseman. And, and, you know that was uh, you know Wyatt Wiley and Jake Christensen. Yeah. I mean, I would never have thought, and I go back five, six years ago to the Kevin Constantine era and, and some of those coaches when everything was trap and everything was, you know, all defense, defense. And I look and I think there's two defensemen that drive that every team. I mean, they'll move into the top of the face-off circle. Those two guys I'm talking about, they'll drive into the top of the face-off circles and the other team's end and get shots on goal. And then the other guys go to work and, 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 you know, salvage junk around the net, you know, and uh, find rebounds and find that garbage. But boy, don't ever sell later offense short. They're a heck of a good team that generates a lot. But, uh, yeah, it's Portland, I think, you know, the, the class of the, the U.S. division. Excellent. Bill, always a treat when I get a chance to chat with you. Uh, and looking forward to doing it again, uh, as the playoffs get a lot closer. Yeah, well, if I could hang on another 15 minutes, it would delay my shoveling 15 more minutes. I'm not going to shovel. I've been here long enough in Vancouver that I'm looking at the sky for rain. People say it rains a lot in Vancouver. Trust me, we're just dying for rain now. I don't want sun. Sun will get it colder, freezes the snow more, becomes hard. You get ice. Rain. Please bring us some rain. Thanks, Guy, for having me. You betcha. Thanks, Bill. Bye-bye. There is the one and only Bill Wilms. Always a, a pleasure to have uh, Bill on the show. Been around the Western Hockey League for a long time and has a uh, wealth of knowledge for sure and value his opinion. And, man, you look back at preseason rankings, I, I can only speak for myself, but it really feels like I vastly underestimated the Victoria Royals and overestimated the, the Vancouver Giants. Uh, but in my own defense... Victoria is a lot different right now than they were at the start of the season or in the preseason. Uh, and, uh, you know, I give credit to uh, for general manager Cam Hope for uh, making changes and, and adding players to that team. Uh, I think he's uh, he's done a terrific job once again. All right, let's get to a couple of uh, 2020 draft spotlight segments. And uh, first we're going to head to Wisconsin, and uh, Dylan Holloway is going to be my guest. He's going to join us via the Troubled Monk hotline. Freshman with the Badgers and uh, ranked uh, ranked by everybody as a uh, first-round pick, and uh, some have ha- even uh, pegged him as a potential top-10 guy. Get to know Dylan Holloway next here on the Pipeline Show. McKechnie won it, left half boards. McCarr skates down the boards to the corner, stops up there, then got around a defender to the side of the net, cuts in front, shoots, and Took over this whole game. Dang 
juggling a defender out of his skates in the left corner, cutting to the slot untouched. Hey, it's Kale McCarr of the Brooks Bandits, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Jonathan Taves. Backhand scorer! Wow, what a goal! Colton Pareko. And Patrick Sharp were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! 